Hello, everyone. This is Noah. And I'm Simon. And welcome to the Resolve Podcast. We're your resource for all things mental health, academic success, and personal growth. Devoted to helping students thrive and build the resilience to succeed in school and in life. And everything was fine, but something in our gut was telling us it wasn't. So, Fabi, thank you so much for coming on to talk to us on the Resolve podcast. And tell us a little bit about that quote that you shared and maybe your story about how you experienced that. Oh, okay. That's where that's where you found the quote. I'm like, where where's this lovely quote? <laughs> you um, thought I made it up? I thought this was maybe one of the ways that you start off your I've pod- never started off a podcast like this ever. <laughs> I like, just wanted to experiment with it. Um okay. So I'll I guess I'll share my quick story um as to where I got to where I am and where that quote is is really coming from. Um, but pretty much that quote comes from this idea of this feeling that I felt for a very long time. I would say pretty much from the age of 18 to the age of 27. And it was this feeling of, I call it feeling good, but also sort of kind of lost. So as you kind of noted in that quote, at the time, what that feeling feels like is at any given point in your day or in your week or in your month, you're able to point to things that are going, that are good in your life, right? Um, Maybe it's you're in school and, you know, you're going to your classes and you've got good friends and you have good times here and there. Um, Or maybe if you're out of school, it might be you've just gotten your first job, which is considered good. All the things on paper are starting to be checked off. And obviously that feels good. So if someone asks you how things are, you will typically respond with, you know, things are really good and you'll list off those things. However, at the same time, when you're feeling good, you also are walking around with this feeling of being sort of kind of lost. And I say sort of kind of lost because it's a really hard feeling to explain and pinpoint. And so that's why I say it's like, I'm kind of sort of not really, but totally lost right now. And I'm not really sure around what I really want to do or what direction I'm going in. Um, And I felt this way for a very long time. And I struggled because I felt that this feeling was really hard to address because things weren't bad, which is often the stimulant that helps us take action. It was really hard to get the support or find the tools or make the changes that I needed to make in order to not just feel good, but also feel secure and solid and found in my life. I, again, I walked around with this feeling pretty much every day. Um, And some days the good would override the lost. Often that would be on my weekends or when I'd have a vacation coming up or a holiday around the corner, I could really focus on all the good. And then on the Mondays and the Tuesdays and the Wednesdays, that lost feeling would override me. And I would just have this feeling like I didn't know my purpose and I wasn't really in alignment to the life that I knew I wanted to live. If I would have have stopped you at that time and said, Fabi, are you good, but also sort of kind of lost? What would you have said? 
I think I would have said yes. And I think I would have been relieved that someone had found a way of describing how I felt. I think everyone, honestly, even, you know, I'm, I'm 30 now. And I think that everyone feels good, but sort of kind of lost at all times. Um, however, it's, I, I think that back then it was just so, it felt like a secret. It felt like I was the only one walking around with this feeling. And so I would have, and I think that's just who I am. Like I, I'm an open book. I don't bury or deny or deflect how I'm feeling, but I don't think I had the, the ability to describe how I was feeling. See, and I know Fabi from university and my associations, I went through a similar but different experience. I felt that missing dimension pretty acutely and, and was very intense about that search. And when I associated with Fabi with someone who is just very content with the life she was living, like she was in the 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 MIT, what's it called again? MIT program. MIT program. I was in like philosophy, moving around from picture to picture. What am I doing? And Fabi has a, you know, has a good relationships, ha kind of happy-go-lucky, you know, ha has these really, you know, different dynamic groups of friends. And it was, you know, she does these challenges, goes into the lake, uh, the water <laughs> in the winter, and it's all like exciting. And I, I mean, I felt a lot of good too. So don't get me wrong, but I didn't associate that with you. But then there were some times when I would, you know, you would say something or, or there would be like a little, you know, like a smile with a, like mm -hmm. a something else. I can't articulate it, but maybe that's what you were experiencing a good, but also sort of kind of lost. What is that? So you're describing something. What is that? And why is that? And maybe because you figured out what that was, how did you discover that? Yeah. So, okay. First of all, I think that's an important observation to point out that you've just made like your perception of how I was feeling. I, I just want to stress that whoever is listening to this, um, whoever that often the people, like whatever your perception is of someone, they probably are, there's, there's another feeling that they're battling with or trying to make sense of or working through. Um, and so it's, it's good to always, check ourselves because whatever you're feeling, I, I can almost assure you that, you know, no, I'm, I'm sure you can almost attest that you also felt good, but sort of kind of lost. And the reality is, is probably every single one on our floor also felt this way in our residence. Um, so this feeling of, of being good, but sort of kind of lost in my, my best way of describing it and what that is, it is really just being a, having a lack of clarity around what matters most to you and how you want to experience life. But also it is as a result of your life being a little bit out of alignment, okay? So what that means is within the broad category of our life, like let's just think of our life very broadly. One of the simplest ways to approach your life is to think of it in the six different areas of life, okay? I call, you might've seen this before. I'm it's, staring a, at a diagram right now. Yeah, your life is in the center. I wish yeah, I could do the screen exactly. share of it, but it's not a video, but we have this, we have this wheel almost, and we have your life in the center and there are different little chunks of the pie, um, mm -hmm. around it. So tell me about that. Yeah. So there's a, it's called the wheel of life. Your life is in the middle. And then there's, there's these six different domains of life, depending on the different diagrams you look at, there's different ways of kind of compartmentalizing your life. 
But the way that I look at it is that there is career slash academics, right? So that's like the work you're doing to go towards your career. There is relationships, which is your relationships with your friends, your family, and your intimate relationships. There's your health, which is again, physical health, mental health, um, just health overall. Then there's personal development. That is your relationship with yourself. Very important domain of life that we often overlook or not even think about. Um, there's personal finance, which unfortunately is an important domain that we have to, that ha that does play a role in your life. And then there is fun and joy. Okay. Fun and joy is the domain of life that is purely meant for fun and joy. And that's a really, really important domain of life um, that we also often don't think about or give that much credit to. We just assume that fun and joy should just be taking place at all times. So when I say when we are out of alignment, when we feel good, but sort of kind of lost, what is likely happening is that each domain is of life is either is not working towards the same goal. And so as a result, certain domains feel good, but maybe they don't, they're not actually working towards the goal, like what matters most to you and how you want to experience life. But you're, because of the way that society has told us what is good versus bad, you define it as good. So that can be one of the things. Meanwhile, another domain could be completely ignored and not even being touched or thought about. And then another domain could be pointing in a completely different direction. So we feel good, but we feel kind of lost because we, if we look at, it's almost like we're stepping into each different area of our life and we're like, wait, okay, this area is going that way, but this area isn't going anywhere. And this area is turning right versus the other area is turning left. And so naturally, as we're going about our days, we are feeling we're like, okay, I feel good because I've just stepped in the domain that's good. And then I feel lost because I just stepped in the domain that has no clarity, no plan, no idea what this domain of life even is. What did um, you so feel was lost for you at that time in these boxes? Oh, I think, I think career was a big one. Mm -hmm. um, and I think academic specifically, um, for me, school was, was really, really challenging and really hard on me. Um, and so that was a domain of life that I felt lost in. And I also didn't feel confident in or sure. But maybe you felt direction. good because you were at least in a program that was structured. So it could be defined as good. Yes. But it wasn't but being steered properly. Time. Yes. Yeah. And then I think relationships were really challenging um, in my early 20s. Um, going through heartbreak, going, and then I also at the same time had really great friendships. So there were parts where I felt super lost, um, more so specifically towards my love life, but then super great in the sense that I had made lifelong friends that I still talk to daily. So you can see even within the domains, not only can they feel good, but they can, there can also be that contrast of feeling good, but lost in each domain. So that's kind of my way of explaining. I hope that makes sense. But to me, that's what it is being good, but sort of kind of lost. Is there a part of this diagram that transcends each individual part? Because my experience of, and maybe this is more from the spiritual transcendent dimension and really aligned with Victor Frankl, logo therapy, man's search for meaning that people 
need to be involved in a life that transcends themselves in some deep way. So in being part of causes, meaning places of, of connection that are way beyond ourselves, I'm wondering, is there a dimension with that transcends these dimensions in your experience, or are these the thing? Like you talked about how they all need to be aligned with each other, but is there sort of a, a higher mechanism of aligning them that when you figure that thing out, you use yeah. words like purpose, you use other words that when you figure that out, the rest are able to come together? Or is it just, I need to work on these individually and hope that they come together and gel into my life alignment? No. Okay. I'm so glad you asked that because I, I actually think it's the, it's not the latter. So I don't, when I work with my clients and, and you ask me, what do I wish I knew at that time? Um, it's not individually focusing on each domain. It's actually really getting clear on your life mission. So when you say this like overarching thing, if you get clear on this one thing, all the other domains suddenly can start working together to me. Um, and the way my terminology and the way that I, I inform my clients and community is through the concept of knowing your life mission. So do you mind, can I, can I explain this? Please do, because it sounds almost like, and I, I think anytime you take business plan, business ideas and bring into personal life, that's incredible because it seems like it's like you're, you have a business, which is your life's exactly. made more important and you have these different dimensions, but if you're working on these different dimensions, but what is the business? What is the mission? So tell us exactly. about that. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up because this is, this is how I started to shift from being not lost and to feeling found is I worked in the corporate world for over eight years before I transitioned into being a life coach. And so for me, a lot of the things that I, how I helped myself make sense of the world was by actually observing and looking at the business world, right? Because the business world is, is a well oiled machine. It's doing really well. There's a lot of business practices that out there that have been, we've been practicing for years on years because it works, right? It's, it's very clear. There's not, it's a very aligned. So like you said, coming up with your life mission is the exact same thing as coming up with a mission statement within a business. So first I want to share a quick, like when you think about any organization in the world, okay, so we're going to switch over to businesses for a quick second. Business 101, the first thing you need to do is you come up with your mission statement, right? Because if you don't have a mission statement, then you are not going to be in alignment. So you identify, okay, what is your mission statement? Usually with organizations and in the business world, there is the their mission statement will always come down to a cause of some sort. And then of course there, because it's the business world, there will also be an underlying mission that is financially focused, right? They don't preach this to the world. It's not like Nike shares with us what their mission is from a financial perspective, but we know that, you know, Nike's mission statement in some way or another is to inspire people to just do it. Let's just say, right? Um, so once an organization or a business has defined their mission statement within the organization, they then ask themselves, in order to meet this mission, what departments are we going to need, right? Okay, we're going to need a sales department. We're going to need a marketing department. We're going to need a people department, an HR department, whatever. They come up with these departments. And each of these departments are going to be uniquely responsible for different things, right? Sales is going to be responsible with selling the mission. 
marketing is going to be responsible with telling the story and enabling sales. So they're each uniquely responsible with their role in helping the organization meet the mission. But the biggest thing within this, this reality is that each department is working toward the same mission. And because of that, year over year, no matter how much they tweak the mission statement, because each department is uniquely responsible for their role, but they're all working towards the same mission, the organization is able to thrive and continue to evolve, right? So when we think about, given we know that this works in the business world, this is business 101, um, we should approach our life. I, I I still to this day don't understand why we are not taught to approach our life in a very similar way. Now, obviously we want to be a lot, our life is going to be a lot more complicated. We have to incorporate emotions and spirituality and life upheavals and all these different things. It's a lot more complex, but the framework can be very similar. What If we do not know our life mission, it is equivalent to starting a business and hiring all these departments and just saying, okay, you just do your thing department and not all of these departments agreeing on what they are after and what they're working towards. So with my clients, the very first thing I do or with anyone that I have the opportunity to speak to is I encourage them to define their life mission. I'll That's a there. really hard job to do. Um, it's very deep be be because, you know, that question has not has been asked in every society and every culture forever. We've been asking the, these kinds of questions and maybe part of this good, but also sort of kind of lost is that we don't, there's been a lot of changes in our society. Our society is grappling with an identity crisis almost of who we are, what we are, what do we believe? Um, when there's a lot of instability, core beliefs about what the world is like changes pretty fast. And mm -hmm. I think this question is existential and spiritual and, you know, vocational. It's it's not on the level of like our, just our society in this moment in time. It's like a human question. How mm -hmm. do you engage with people in a conversation about something like that? Maybe they'll they'll tell you something on the on the surface. Like my mission is to make a difference. I don't know, but how do you get, do you, are you able to get deep with people about that question? And what's that experience like? And maybe you can share with us a mission statement that's true for you so we can understand how you got there. Yeah. So, okay. So obviously the, the that's the next step is okay. Now define your life mission. And that's where we all are like, uh, are you kidding? That's the hardest thing in the world. And everyone's trying to, to figure that out. Um, so the first thing that I want to stress is that when I say your life mission, it doesn't have to be this definitive fixed statement. Um, your life mission, just like a business's mission statement, will evolve and change based on the state of the world and everything that's going on. So there are actually th there are three questions that I ask my clients um, in helping you define your mission statement that should be able to evolve and almost stay true to yourself, like stay true, regardless of what's going on in your life. The first thing that is really important to note is we are not going to focus on accomplishments. Okay. We are not going to, 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 very similar to how an organization, like if 
someone submitted a, a business plan and they said to make a million dollars, they would say, nope, turn, they turn it away and say, that's not a good business plan because um, that's that a department is, that you might have a goal in within a particular sure. department. That's not a mission. That's not a mission, right? right? So what I ask, there are two questions to kind of ask yourself when thinking about your life mission. The first question is asking yourself, how do you want to feel? Okay, now this again is a very broad question, very confusing. So how I like to frame the question when I'm asking it to someone is I actually want you to imagine yourself at the end of your life, okay? So let's picture yourself, you're 97 years old, okay? and you're on a rocking chair and you're overlooking the most beautiful scene that you can imagine. I'm not gonna paint the picture for you because that's different for everyone. And you're reflecting on your life. And when, as you're reflecting on your life, what is, it's almost like I want you to finish this sentence where you ask yourself, you're reflecting on your life and you're going, wow, I'm so glad that throughout my life, regardless of what happened and what I went through, I consistently felt what, okay? So, and then without overthinking it, thinking about the kind of top three feelings that come to mind. So for me, some of the feelings that immediately come to mind is that I want to have felt um, ener energy. Like I want to, I consistently felt energetic. I can consistently felt love and I consistently felt, you know, laughter or I consistently felt in, uh, fulfillment or impact like impact. Okay. So thinking about what are the core feelings that when you look back on your life and when, when you reflect on anything, whether if I asked you to know, for example, to reflect on this last year, three feelings probably would surface. You'd be like, wow, this last year was, you know, it was really hard. Like I felt it was maybe really, I felt challenged. I felt a lot of joy. And I also felt a lot of sadness or you, you can reflect and, and feel certain feelings. So the first question is getting really clear on these core feelings you want to experience. I'll pause there. Any I want you to keep going. That? I want to see the, I want to, I want to see the big okay. picture. Okay. So once you've, you've identified the core feelings you want to experience, you then want to, you're sitting on the same rocking chair overlooking the same beautiful scene. You're 97 years old and you're experiencing these feelings, right? You're reflecting back on your life and you're like, oh, wow, oh my gosh, I'm so glad regardless of what happened, I felt this way. Then I want you to also ask yourself as you're reflecting, what do you want to be, what would make you proud and feel, you know, look back and go, and I'm so glad that my life was filled with, okay? So what do you want to fill your life with? So again, in, in this instance, mine would be, maybe my life would be filled. I, I mentioned for me, laughter is a big one, um, love and adventure, okay? Let's just say those three things. Those are pretty generic things. Now, the key thing here though, is my version of adventure is going to be very different from Noah's version of adventure or my version of love could be very different. So you might say these generic words, but it's on you to really be descriptive and know what those, those words and emotions sound like. Okay. So we've now target, we've now identified the feelings you want to feel and what you want to fill your life with. And then the next step is actually combining those into one statement. 
So the, the sentence is to live a, and then you enter the three or two core feelings you want to feel. So to live a energetic and meaningful life filled with adventure, love, and laughter. Okay. So right. now I have this broad statement that in my opinion, I can, I can, I can lend that mission to the hardest time in my life. Okay. Let's say I'm going through, I I've lost someone I love deeply in my life. I could still, I could apply that mission to that hardship. I could go, okay, I'm going to approach this with love. I'm going to approach this with meaning and I'm going to approach this as best as I can. I'm going to bring laughter into the grief. And I'm also going to bring adventure into it because this is an adventure in itself. Um, I have a lot of clients who have the word calm or peace involved in their mission statement. Everyone's is actually very different. I've done this exercise literally over 200 times and the statement is always different. Um, so that is kind of my way of defining my life mission. And again, it really is, is meant to be a summary of what matters most to you and how you want to experience life. And I would take that process of the core feelings and the, you know, I think that what was the second part of it, the the, the actual category called? What how how would you filling filling what, the filling, yeah feelings and the filling, and I know that you want to stay away as much as possible from outcome oriented mission statements, but is there a way to take those sentiments and say directed towards? The like, for example, for me, a, 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 a mission statement might include feelings and fillings, mm -hmm. but it has a direction, meaning it's I, I want to be a contributing part of of the the improvement of mental health, of mm -hmm. in, of perpetuating meaningful uh, faith into my, my Jewish community and the broader J world beyond myself, like. In other words, it, it's not an outcome. It's not I want to be write fifty six books about this subject, but it but it takes um, the feelings and filling and says like these are what I really care about. Like I really care about these things in my life, and I really care about creating a family. Let's say it's tr it, it is outcome on a certain level, but it's trying to be pro like directed with those feelings. How do you integrate that, or do you integrate that? So that's the how though, Noah. Okay. That's the how. Okay. So right? this so mission statement like, is even one level of abstraction higher than the how. Exactly. So now okay. you have, so when you know your feelings and your feelings, mm -hmm. now you're saying, and how I'm going to do that is by being mm -hmm. an advocate for mental health space is by bringing like change to, because that is how you will for you. And this is why I keep saying it's so individual to everyone for you, the word love might mean advocating, being an advocate in the mental health space. Mm -hmm. It might mean the, the the Jewish community and being, you know, a figure in, in your Jewish community. It might be starting a family. That's the how. And that's why I think this, this is one of the biggest antidotes to this feeling of being good, but sort of kind of lost, because now I know my guiding light. And so what I now do with my mission statement and the core feelings and feelings I want to experience is before I make any decision in my career, 
in my relationships, in my personal development, in my health, I ask myself, will this get me closer to meeting my mission or will this get me further away? Right? So that's why sometimes when we, we feel lost for me, even when I think about, I, you asked me when I, at that time, when I was in university, when I felt lost academics was completely going against my mission. I did not, it did not make me feel the way I wanted to feel. And it wasn't making me fill my life with what I wanted to fill my life with. As soon as I started to make shifts in my career towards those feelings and those feelings, the career domain started to feel found the relation. I started to select relationships that were based on how I want to feel and what I want to fill my life with. Does that make sense? So it's because you did the work you, you, and that's part of your story that maybe you can just bridge us from how you went from that state to doing the work and now, and then why you want to do this work of helping others do the work. So how did that happen? Well, so once I got pretty clear on my mission statement, I, I, I did a quick analysis and I looked at the different departments of my life and I defined which areas were helping me meet my mission and which areas were not very similar to what a business would do, right? If a business was going, okay, we are not thriving. We are not doing very well. The CEO would do an evaluation of each department and it would figure out, is it the department itself? Is it the employees within the department? Is it that they, sometimes a certain department actually has the right employees and it has um, it has like the right goal, but it doesn't have the right support, right? So it might be like in the marketing department, it might mean, you know what? They just need a, a social media tool and then that department will be optimized. So what I did is I started to evaluate each domain of my life. And one thing that I actually like to do, I love using numbers in the personal development world, like metrics, because it's one of the hardest things to measure in terms of whether or not you're actually progressing and seeing change. And so I rate from a scale of one to 10 within each domain of life, how much I feel each domain is getting me closer to meeting my mission, right? So I give it a score. So let's say career, I'll say I, out of a score of one to 10, currently right now, I'm going to give it an eight. So it is in alignment with my mission. Um, I'm giving it an eight because it's helping me get closer to my mission statement. However, there might be one component within career that is not really in alignment. So maybe one of the key words in my mission statement is adventure. And I might notice, you know, I need more adventure within my career. So that is one thing I'm going to start working on in 2023 to make sure I bring that component into career. So Fabi, did you start, because you're doing this work, when you started to do your calculations, did you realize that you were pretty off and that's why you wanted to make some of these changes and get into this work? Is That's kind of what happened? Yeah, that was like my big aha moment is I realized um, a lot of the domains were on the lower end. They were, they, some of the domains of life were actually going completely against my mission statement. They were taking me in a completely different direction. And that's because to be frank, a lot of how I was prior to, to figuring out what really mattered most to me, a lot of my decisions were based on success and based on material, like buying like financial a house. material success. Yes. And so it was like, 
you know, for my career, when I was in the corporate world, a lot of what I was doing was in a, on a mission to be successful, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so once I realized, but wait, in my mission statement, I didn't even once say, like, I, I, I didn't even think about that. When I was reflecting at the end of my life, I didn't see this big house or I didn't see all these material items. I saw love. I saw laughter. I saw adventure. And I saw like so much change and so much like powerful conversations. So then when I looked at it and I'm like, okay, I'm working so, so, so hard to be promoted and to, you know, I'm working like long hours and long days for a job that does not make me laugh, does not give me adventure, does not do any of those things. Why? Like that's out of alignment. Wow. And, and was there an experience when you were starting to transition away from that story you were a part of to another to another story to to living out your mission in a deeper way was there a, was there a moment when you realized that you also wanted to teach this to other people like how how did that happen so pretty much what happened is i all of these shifts that i am describing that i start these realizations these aha moments started to happen as i was actually getting my certification as a life coach And, um, it's a long story because I kind of fell into getting a certification. I'm like, long story short, it was an option to get at my job as an added bonus because I was in a, I was in a coaching role within the corporate realm. And so I had done it with the goal of helping me be successful in my career, not with the goal of me becoming a life coach one day in my life. Um, and so as I was getting certified though, um, much to my organizations, like despite their goal of me getting it, I was starting to make all these aha moments. Um, and that's when I realized a, the power of life coaching, like the power of future oriented self work, like thinking about your future. Um, and also the, all of the ways that this information was being delivered to me, like this certification, I was shocked that a, my demographic, cause I got my certification when I was 25, that we did not know this. We did not know this information that I'm explaining to you now. And I kept thinking, I wish I knew this when I was 20 years old. I wish I knew this. Um, I can't believe we don't know this. And I was seeing myself make huge changes, like finally not talking to myself critically, finally seeing my purpose, seeing all these things. And so that's when I made it my mission to make sure I could tell as many people about the power of this future oriented self-work and this, like these, having these deep conversations with yourself. And you've taken this, this work from an individual pursuit because you're working with people a lot one-on-one to help them define the mission. Well, there's actually a whole, a whole framework around this from doing the work, living the work, um, and I'm guessing sustaining it in some in some way, shape, or form. How did you move from the individual? You've created all these systems of accountability. You have these challenges. You have all sorts of things going on that bring people together within this individual pursuit. Tell us a little bit about the power of that. Um, the power or how I did it? Like, okay, so <laughs> the, the, the first thing that I did is I did not put pressure on, on this, this discovery that I had made that I, I essentially wanted to, I wanted to transition to becoming a coach. I wanted to be a life coach. I wanted to bring the power 
of life coaching to more people, but I did not put any financial pressure or timeline on when I would make that happen because I wanted to be in alignment with my mission statement. Mm -hmm. And so I continued working in the corporate world, um, again, with a completely different perspective and lens, which actually ended up making me way better at my job because I stopped holding on to it with like terrified, you know, grasping at the straws. And I just started to show up completely authentically and as myself. And so I ended up simultaneously doing great in the corporate world. But while I was doing that, I slowly, but slowly, but surely started to coach. And I let my coaching skills and that world show me what it wanted to be, which is a really frustrating thing to say when I know somewhat people are listening to this being like, so how do I make this big change? Honestly, the biggest thing I did is I did not put pressure on the change. Once I found that like aha moment, which for me was, this is what I want to do. And this is what I need to do. I did not set any big goals. I just let it be. And I, and I kind of trusted that it would show me the way. Um, and so I, I did it on the side. Um, and slowly but surely my practice started to grow. I started to get more clients and I was also learning so much from my clients. I was observing these people that also felt good, but sort of kind of lost. And I started to see a lot of key themes, a lot of patterns, specifically with a a lot of the, my clients are um, women who are in their early to mid twenties. With that said, I have coached men. I just find that it is men are less, are less brave in facing and doing the work sometimes. Um, But I started to see a lot of key patterns. And in that I started to see the specific fundamental work that I need to guide all my clients through, which was things like defining their life mission. I noticed that inner critic plays a big role in what um, actually doesn't allow us to live by our mission. We're like afraid of what will happen if we live in our authenticity. So I do a lot of inner critic work. I just started to see kind of the key pillars that were holding us back from living the life we wanted to live. And I, I started to make sure I would inform and teach my clients on how to overcome those pillars. And, but you did it in a way that you, you've taken the individual and made them into groups. So the 30 day challenges, I love the accountability of the things where people are setting daily, weekly rituals. There's real tangible goals that are going on. Tell us just about that a little bit. Okay. So Along so so when I started Life Work, which is the name of my practice, I defined a mission because as you can all tell now, I'm obsessed with mission statements. And I had two kind of clear missions. Mission one was to help the good but sort of kind of lost souls. Okay. It was I'm gonna, I'm gonna help people make a shift from that feeling. And the second goal was to make the power of future-oriented self-work more accessible, more approachable, and and more and cool. Okay. (laughs) Because what I struggled with the most being in my early twenties, whenever I did get this instinct to be, when I was feeling lost to take action, I would Google things like life coaching or meditation. And at the time, just note, it's become way cooler now, but at the time it would always be this like cheesy website and it would probably be an older individual. And I just was like, this is not cool. And I wanted to make this type of work feel cool. I wanted it to be something that you're, you would tell your friends 
genuinely being like, I'm doing this really cool thing. Like I'm, I'm learning about myself and I want them to tell their friends and help them make changes and stuff like that. So that was a big mission of mine. And so I decided I would do that both through one-on-one coaching, which obviously is, is affordable. I've made it very affordable in the grand scheme of things, but it's a little less, it's obviously more expensive because you're paying for my individual time. And so I wanted to make sure I also came up with a way to do it in a really affordable way. So less than a hundred dollars, how can people work with me and learn the power of life work and all of these things. And I decided that I wanted to come up with a 30 day challenge that was grounded in this concept of life alignment. And also in this concept of taking up time and space in your life and in your work or in your school for yourself. Um, so the, so now every quarter, so the last month of the quarter, so every three months, I host a 30-day challenge. Um, and usually we have around anywhere between 130 to 40 or 50 people. And we all together individually, but we hold each other accountable, um, challenge ourselves to do a subset of different challenges. So there's daily challenges and weekly challenges. So every day they have to do a set of challenges. They are the same for 30 days. And then they also have to do, I think it's four things every week um, that are grounded in this concept of doing the self-work that you need to do. It's so key because people seeing other people make those changes, make those goals and meet them. I'm guessing the success rate of that is very high, like very high in terms of people actually doing what they say they're going to do. Yes. Um, I think largely one of the reasons, first of all, um, one of the big reasons why it's successful is because there's true accountability. They pay for the program. Um, I thought about a lot about making this option free, but I knew that it wouldn't work. Like it actually, the people would sign up and then they'd be like, yeah, that was a cute people idea. People need to invest. Yeah. In themselves. And so I, a financial statement a bit is sort of an indication or a signal to their brain that they really got to do this. Yeah. So I th- that's that's a big part. And then, um, yeah, I try and make it really, really doable. Um, I always start off my pod, my my challenge with a pep talk. And I tell everyone that this is not hard. Like you have done way harder things than this in your life, but it does require effort. And so um you will feel proud. Like that's the goal at the end of the 30 days. If you really do this challenge, you will feel super proud. You'll feel grounded and you'll have learned hopefully more than five things about yourself. Um, so yeah, the success rate has been amazing that one of the, my, my proudest components of the challenge is that, um, as I mentioned, I do it every three months and I'd say out of the people that do the challenge, at least 30%, sometimes 40% have done the challenge more than once. So I have a lot of clients who actually do it three times a year, twice a year. um, And that's because they really like this, like this quarterly check-in with themselves to be extra focused on their needs and their wants. So there's a lot of different ways to engage in this as a student, uh, as even people starting their careers. Now, Resolve works a lot with of course, high school students, but also university students, people that are starting to make decisions for the first time by themselves. This kind of work involves making a lot of decisions and being definitive about decisions and choosing to take control of your life. What are some of the main messages that I, and I work with so many young people too, I always think, where was I at this exact age? And Mm -hmm. I almost imagine myself having a conversation with myself 
if if when you're working with people or when you're talking to students or maybe the students that are listening here, what do you want to tell them? Uh, they're listening to this. Maybe they're either, if God forbid, they're suffering or if they're just feeling good, but sort of kind of lost. What are the main, what's the number one thing that you, or two things that you want to share with them? Okay. Well, the number one thing I want to say is that um, how you feel is normal, important, and it's, it's part of the process. When we feel lost or we feel a heavier, spookier feeling, I like to say spooky because they can be scary. Um, don't categorize it as bad or good. Find the information that that feeling is here to deliver and um, don't be scared of it. So that's the first thing I'd say. The second thing I'd say is try and get clear on your mission, what matters most to you and how you want to experience life. And when that will help you with your decisions. So I know how many decisions you're so right at that time, there are so many decisions you have to make. And I think it's particularly hard when we don't know what we want. Um, so I would highly recommend you to get really clear on your mission statement that has helped me so much with making decisions. They have almost become black and white. Now I know exactly what I need to say yes to and no to thanks to defining what matters most to me. The last thing I want to mention, I know you said two, but I'm going to give you three, is um, don't be afraid of making mistakes. I think that decision making is so scary and so hard in our early, in, when we're you know in high school and in university um, and school in general, because we are so afraid to make mistakes. Um, but mistakes are really powerful and really important. And so the more you stop fearing mistakes and start living by what is true to you and what matters most to you, the more you will be in alignment. That's what I would say. A lot of big, deep topics uh, mm -hmm. that, that students can start to focus on. And, you know, part of those ideas that you may have about what you want to do and how you want to live in your mission statement, maybe they will change the more stable they are the better. But I think just even taking any time to discuss it, any time to think about it with hopefully, you know, either people, and this is what I think Fabi was mentioning earlier, that's so important. Maybe there's a question that students can start or ways of engaging that people can start to bring up. Maybe they can say, you know, how are you doing? Okay. Maybe that's a question, but maybe, you know, um, anything that's going on that's bothering you right now, or just when we talk to people in our lives, maybe we can just invite them to say a little bit, a little bit mm -hmm. more than what they usually say of just like, good, how are you? Maybe there's ways that we can start to have those conversations and people can be a little bit more honest. It just sounds like it's there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stories that people are wrapped in at that age that are very hard to see. What you tried to do with people is Zoom them. You went, you know, way Zoomed, way, yeah. way out generations or, cent or, or decades later. That mm -hmm. is taking people away from the immediate. Um, and it sounds like these are some really powerful tools to be able to work with. And hopefully people can either do, you know, maybe some of the work will get out there so much through your engagement and education that people will know it in, in the systems. Are you have any ideas for that? Are you getting involved mm -hmm. in any sort of stuff in schools, universities, things like that? I would love to do that. I've never, I, I've with, you know, I'm two, two full years into being full-time with my practice and 
again, I'm not putting any pressure on it. I'm letting it just kind of yes. guide me. Um, and that's really helped me, but it's definitely something I would love to do. And Noah, can I share one thing? Sure. Um, I think I did get, I, I get, got really broad. Yeah. Um, and I love your, your intention of, or your kind of prompt to open up the conversations with your friends and your family. Even if you ask, like ask your friends, you know, do you feel good, but sort of kind of lost? Um, because I it's think a very it's a very inviting way to say something. Yeah. And it's, and it's really it's kind of cool. Me, it feels good to to normalize that feeling and you'll you'll see how how many people are like uh, yeah totally um but the first thing i would say is um help like when when you have this conversation define what genuinely feels good in your life like what genuinely is good and genuinely what feels good um and then when you get to the loss portion i like to think of it as when you lose like think of of the concept of being lost okay so when you're driving, if you say I'm lost, it's because you've lost your way, right? So I would encourage you to even like a first step is getting clear on the type of lost you are. We can either lose something. So we've lost something. When you say I lost my keys, I lost my phone, I lost my sweater. It's because you've lost something or you use the term like lost when you've lost your way, right? You're like, I don't even know how I got here. I don't know. Do I turn right? Do I turn left? So I would get clear on, did you lose your way or have you lost something? And just having that conversation with someone that you think would be open to that. Sometimes you might've lost your confidence. You might've lost your joy. You might've lost a specific feeling pinpointing the type of loss you are is so powerful and you will immediately find, feel a little bit more found um, because you'll be like, okay, at least I know that I'm just like, I just lost this specific thing, or at least I know that I took a wrong turn and I just need to figure out the right turn to take. It's, it's just trying to help people wake up and, and take much more conscious control over their life and away from the fog. These are really hard things. I just want to end off with a couple of points to normalize. Number one is that in the West, we're often very stuck in individual stories. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing that has been lost from, you know, being in much more ingrained traditional communities, I could speak for myself here, that some of my greatest levels of meaning, and I'm not trying to tell people that they have to find meaning in the same way, is, you know, being a, a, a person of faith, being entrenched in a religious tradition, you have narrative and rituals that are not, that transcend one culture that bring and link generations of thousands of years into the meaning of the activity. You have a mission statement, like being a part of the Jewish people. We have a mission statement. We're trying to take wisdom, spirituality, a certain type of understanding of the world and bring that to, to humanity. Our mission statement is said right before the 10 commandments uh, are revealed. We, we have a, a sense of transcendence that t is way beyond the individual story. And I think a lot of people today aren't a part of stories that are really long. How many people know who their great grandparents were even? How, what was their story? You're a part of that story. Those people live inside of you. Even the most secular, um, you know, physiological sense, you have all these people whose DNA is pulsating inside of you. Who were they? What story did they have? What was their story about? What were they living for? How does that impact you? The more you learn about history of who you are and where you come from, whatever that story is, and you have a shared destiny with other people that is not just about you. And I, 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 I'm lost at times to how 
we are going to find that, how individuals are going to find that in such a, a world that is not rooted in a shared story. We talk today of Canada. What's our story? Some people hate the Canadian story. Some people love it. We're having like a identity crisis about what stories we're a part of. And I think part of the finding the mission is of course getting individual, understanding these boxes, understanding your your life mission, your feeling and your filling. But also the question that I always have is what stories are you a part of? And what mission statements do those stories have? And how are you a part of it now as part of a chain before you and as part of a chain that goes after you? Whatever that is. So finding the stories, learning if you're not if you're not part of a faith community, well just learn about your family story. Learn more about who you are beyond yourself as being a human born in this generation who came with people before you and people coming after you, that can be very regulating. People used to be born. These people say, you know, these are your, you know, these are the people that came before you. Here's a story. Here's a mission. Today, we have so much freedom to define that for ourselves, which is incredible. On the one hand, we can decide whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. There's more freedom, more movement, more growth than ever before, more individual defining of who we are, more individual dignity, But coming with that, we lose our sense of we. And I think part of purpose is finding a mission that is shared with the we. And the other part is that finding purpose and meaning is not easy. And it's not just like, you know, finding a career. It transcends all of that. I want to end my part and then have last words to Fabi with a quote from the 15th century, 16th century Italian Kabbalist mystic rabbi who said that the foundation of all work in this world is to yisbarer, to clarify the yisames with complete truth. What is the person's purpose? What is their individual purpose in the world? And from this, he has to direct the gaze and every aspiration towards that mission, to come to a clarity and a purpose of what your purpose is in the world and take your eyesight and your body and move towards that. And it sounds like you are really attempting incredibly well to help people find that, Fabi. <laughs> well, thank you. And the thing is, is I think that it can be frustrating if you don't feel like you know what your per- exact purpose is. I just want to really, really emphasize that um, your life mission is not, th- the purpose is the how, but the life mission is 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 what you're like, is the direction. And so um, if you start with your life mission, it's okay if you don't know your purpose yet. I think both Noah and I are really lucky because our purpose have has become very clear to both of us. Um, and so I think that's just really important. It, it, like the first step is good to just get clear on your mission and then figure that out next. The other thing to just circle back on you emphasizing the importance of a collective mission and, and more of a we is even in understanding the stories that you come from and the mission statements that you come from, you can ask your parents, your generations before you, how did you feel in your life and what did you fill your life with? And ask them for their their knowledge, like ask them for their advice on how they, they've approached their, their life and their mission. There's so many, there's wisdom from all around people. Uh, that that they can access. I think it's just, there's so many things that I think the most important part of this conversation that Fabi is sharing with everybody is think about these questions. Think about them. And not mm-hmm. only think about them, take some steps towards getting there. We're going to to link all of Fabi's information. You can get in touch with Fabi to do a 30-day challenge. 
I missed this one. I am one of the people, uh, one of the educators or 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 life work people for this challenge about intrusive thoughts. But maybe I got to join the next challenge. There's challenges. There's one-on-one coaching and an opportunity really to do this work with a guide. And having a guide is a tremendously valuable, meaningful, and powerful way to get involved. So thank you so much, Fabi. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Um, and yeah, take it from two good, but sort of kind of previously good, but sort of kind of lost souls to good and kind of found, but also sort of lost in a lot of ways. Um, it's totally normal and just do the work and continue to get to know yourself and big changes will happen. And it doesn't mean just to end that off that it's, and this is a very Hollywood movie thing. It's like, you didn't know now, you know, and then you're, 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 you don't reevaluate these. No, you're, you're a human being. You're reevaluating. You're thinking about it. Sometimes you do feel kind of lost again while feeling good and still oh, having yeah. done the work. So we yeah. don't want to make it seem like it's just a one-time, ex- you know, okay, punch it in. And then you figured it out. Yeah. Just like you're going to lose your, you're going to lose your way driving to a certain spot one day and you're going to lose your keys and you're going to lose your, your, your wallet and all those things. It's the same way with life. So, um, just be comfortable and, and don't be so scared of being lost instead, just do what you can to get found again. Thank you. And of course, a disclaimer, this podcast in all of our mental health, learning and educational content is not therapy and is not a replacement for therapy. Please seek professional help if needed. Go to www.resolve2vs.ca to get the support you need. And that's all for now. We hope this was helpful in some small way. If you like our content, please subscribe and give us a five-star review wherever you are listening. Make sure to keep updated with all of our content on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And of course, come check us out at www.resolve, that's resolve with two Vs, .ca, to learn more about how our services can support your needs. Till next time, take care. theme song for this podcast is done by the band Mokuse no Maguro in their song Midnight Empty Street. <laughs>